0: Welcome to the All My Favorite People podcast, where I talk with advocates, authors, and people just like you and me, who are all part of the remnant rising for such a time as this. Hey guys, it's Brittany Jones. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. With me today, I have my friend Heather Oynes. Hey Heather, how are you?
1: I'm Brittany, doing well, thank you.
0: Good, I'm so glad and I'm so excited to have you on. I was actually... Just sharing with Heather right before we got started how much her financial boot camp uh, meant to me and has kind of changed our marriage dynamic and family dynamic around money. So that's going to be our conversation this morning. And um, if that sounds scary to you, definitely stick around because you're going to learn a lot and you'll be able to have a couple tricks and tips and things uh, that are going to just help you Uh, as you navigate your finances, especially in a new year. I feel like people are um, a little bit more aware, self-aware of their finances and where they sit. And so I think this is just going to be a great conversation um, for you guys to listen in on and learn a lot from. But before we get started, Heather, I'm going to have you share a little bit about yourself and your family, and then we'll dive into our conversation about money.
1: Sure. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I am a wife and mom. I've been married for 19 years. I have three boys, very busy, um, rough and tumbling household. Yeah. <laughs> My twins are eight and the oldest is 11. So we are getting into some really fun ages and independence and all of that. Um, lots yeah. of sports, lots of sports um, in our house. Right now we're headed into baseball and soccer season. So that's fun. Um, And so I'm a money coach and I help Christian couples learn to get on the same page with money. I just, just enjoy that so much. Um, My goal in that is to really help them thrive in their marriage and their family life and then really to become financially free. And it's so, so fun to help them find joy in that journey to become more as one in their marriage, um, especially when it comes to money. Um, And it's just a beautiful thing.
0: Yes. Well, I think as I was doing your boot camp, you shared a little bit about maybe your backstory. And um, I know you have a cool story just in regards to like the dream home and kind of what you guys envisioned. And then like the reality of what that
1: became yes. for you. Do you mind sharing that with us? Yes, too? sure. And that's um, blossomed even more because we have now found what we call our forever home. Awesome. That's so <laughs> um, which is way better than our dream home ever was. Uh, So, um, yeah, but that was, that's probably our biggest financial mistake. So I actually started was buying our dream home. Um, so I actually started, uh, learning about finances, budgeting and all of that for whatever reason, God led me to this very early. I think I was like 18 or 19 when I picked up my first Dave Ramsey book. And it just showed me that there was a much better way than how growing up. I had learned that people live and how people manage their money. So, I did start budgeting early, learning all that was able to get my husband on board for the most part when we got married um he's the spender, I'm the saver, but yeah, um several years later we had we had all three boys at that point. this one's were little, but we decided, you know what it's time we deserve this like this dream home is exactly what we want, and come to find out it was not, and mm-hmm. God had other plans um income wise for me, for example i was a, I'm a pharmacist by degree, so I was still working um, mostly full-time as a pharmacist, so that dream home was easily able to be afforded with that pharmacist income, but I was not meant to be a full-time pharmacist forever, mm. <laughs> um, and which I'm grateful for that because my life is so much more full without doing that um, and just something that was... Um, Let's see, how do I say it? Just something that was not fulfilling and something that um, exhausted me and burnt me out. Um, yeah. And I honestly didn't. There are other ways to manage your health besides taking prescription medication.
0: <laughs> Girl, you're on the right podcast. There, yeah, that, so. there there is a. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs> there is a place for prescription medications, but not near as much as the people I see taking them month after month after month. Sure. So with that said, um pharmacy was not for me anymore um as far as working full time bringing in that income I wanted to coach I wanted to live out my passion I wanted to do what God has called me to do and really serve people. Yeah. Um so that dream home no longer became a dream home it became a nightmare and it was just um it, it caused tension in our marriage. We had never had tension in our marriage around money before because we had lived by some pretty you know strong principles and we're not going to get in over our head, you know um we're going to live within the means god has given us all of that and then all of a sudden whoop that means went down and the tension went up and so yeah. that was really hard and that was um honestly i'm grateful for it now because i get to help others who are in the same place but at the time that was that was really really hard and i know that other people have um similar stories to that might be living that right now so i do want you to know there's a way out and that there's hope
0: yes yeah absolutely there's always hope right yes especially like when you learn like you said you kind of took this on at a younger age to learn these tools to to have these tools in your tool belt to know how to navigate spending saving Mm -hmm. um investing and all of that I love that you mentioned Dave Ramsey because I feel like people that's a name everybody knows it's a it's a concept that they've probably heard and that they understand Mm -hmm. um Just a little bit of backstory for us, you know. I grew up in a home, and and my husband did as well, where you know finances were tight, and there was a lot of, um, like no, we can't have that, right? And so what I learned as I have been working with another coach, who's like a life coach, a Christian life coach, is that we can kind of get stuck in this lack mindset um, when you grow up in a situation where it was like food or you know clothes and you're you're actually like figuring out necessities wow. um what you can and can't afford at that time and so um i didn't realize i had a lack of mindset like i genuinely didn't even know that that was something that i was carrying around um mm-hmm. until it was illuminated for me um and i could see that yeah i operate out of those you know the way that i was raised and i think that's most people, if not all people. Um, But I think it's interesting to be self-aware in knowing that, oh, that's where this is coming from. And what's cool, and we can talk about, you know, mindset here, but is that um, it's actually changed the way that I talk to my kids when it comes to those like moments where it's like, can I have that? Or do you know, can we do this? Or can we do that? I really try to limit when I, you know, saying things like we can't afford it or we don't have the money for that. Like there are other ways of wording things even with my own kids now so that I'm not continuing that pattern, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, that is amazing. I love I love that you're already having those conversations with your kids. A lot of parents don't start that early enough, I feel like which with that said started as soon as you can because now is better than never. Right. Um, but yes, I actually just had that conversation with our kids this morning. They've been really wanting to go to this trampoline park, urban air for a long time. It's like an hour away from us. So it's a drive. Plus the tickets are so expensive, all that. Yeah. So, um, and we were talking about, well, for spring break, we're going on this vacation and we get to make the choice. Do we want to go to urban air for an hour or two hours? Or do we want to use that money and make our vacation even better? And so I think am um, talking about it in form in forms of choices and that we all get to make the choices with our money on what's most important to us and what God has called our family to do and to be. And even, even, you know, between giving choices, like do we, is this money to be generously given or is this money to be used for us? That comes up a lot, especially in Christian households. Um, we get to make choices. And so. Yes, I love that. I love that you're already having those conversations with your kids. Good job. Yeah,
0: thanks, girl. I'm a boy mom, too. And my boys are 8, 14, and have, Hayden will be 20 in a couple weeks, which is bananas. Yes. Um, and so it's, 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 it's time, right? It's time to mm-hmm. have these conversations. So yeah, but I love that you brought up giving too, because mm-hmm. when I took your boot camp, which I'm going to have her share with you guys at the end, but uh, she does this amazing boot camp. And again, a little backstory, like Eric and I were to the point where, you know, he was the main breadwinner. He's the main financial provider for our family. I'm the stay at home mom. I had a little side hustle. Um, but really at the end of the day, like he's, he's bringing home the money to pay the bills. And Mm -hmm. so things would come up. Um, we weren't having regular financial conversations, but things would come up, uh, financially that he would want to talk about. And I just felt so helpless um and that's kind of like where the those would be the feelings that would start coming up when he would say what should we do should we do this or should we do that and at that time i would just say like i don't really care just take care of it like whatever like you it's your it's your money right um figure it out like i don't really care i trust you what i thought was being trusting was pressure to him which i didn't realize like he felt like She's not you know having the she's not involved in the conversation she's not involved in the decision making she doesn't want to be it wasn't that I don't want to be it's that I didn't feel like I was contributing so how do i how do mm-hmm. I have a say in that and so going through your boot camp really helped me sort of uh see where I was coming from in that and realize like these conversations don't have to be hard or scary um and and it was more it was like a it was another level of communication for us i think in our marriage um because we were able to i was able to say i don't contribute financially in the way that you do that's why i'm feeling you know helpless in these decision making moments whereas he was feeling like you're not helping <laughs> you know like helping me make decisions so now i feel the pressure that it's all on me to like oh, I hope I do the right thing with this, right? And so that was a cool dynamic that sort of came out that we learned about ourselves as as we were going through that. And then you also just mentioned giving, and I'm like a bleeding heart. So (laughs) anytime there was an opportunity to like take a girlfriend to lunch or, you know, give to this charity or give to our church or do this or that, I was like, yes, yes, yes but again i'm not the main breadwinner so my generosity was actually in a way sort of harm not harm maybe right. harming our family is is a uh, a bit extreme of a way to say it but right. in essence you know those funds could be going towards things that we all sort of wanted or agreed upon versus brittany just being the bleeding heart and yeah. passing out money to everybody else you know right. yeah or even
1: just having so. that conversation beforehand like these yeah. are the given things that are most important to me yeah and you know, what, how do you feel about this? And do you feel like I need to set some boundaries around it? And how can we meet kind of halfway so that both of us can, you know, agree on this? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah. So, tell us how the boot camp sort of, brings out these conversations and these uh, epiphanies for people if you will.
1: Yeah, so I love you already mentioned about as we grow up, we learn so much usually from our parents or from the adults that were around about money. Yeah. So we have those things ingrained in us for a very long time that either this is how it's supposed to look and this is how we do it or I do not like the way they do this and I'm going to rebel against that and do the complete opposite, you know, whatever it may be for each person. And then we also have our God-given natural tendencies. So each one of us is given, now I will call them gifts, even though they might be not seen that way at first, but being a spender is actually a gift. So those of you who are spenders take heart. You're also usually very generous givers, like Brittany's talking about. Um, That is a good thing, but it does need to have boundaries, right? Um, And so that's the point you kind of have to get to. So there's a give and take, but being a saver is a gift, right? Because the spenders don't usually want to save it all at first. They they don't understand or they can't figure out how, whatever it may be. That's a gift. And so a lot of times those two marry each other. <laughs> Not always. I've even had um, several clients where they're both spenders, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the opposites attract. And so yeah. just learning how to see that as a gift in each other and then learning how for both of you to have boundaries around that. You can save too much. You can spend too much. You can figure out how to meet in the middle. Um, and both of those things have consequences, right? So taking it to the extremes. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a big part is our childhood growing up. Um, what we see and then our God-given natural tendencies, um, and just learning how to, like you're talking about um healthy communication within that can be really hard and it's it's great whenever couples can finally start to open up about that just like you did and say you know this is why I think this way this is what I saw growing up but for so long a lot of times those conversations are avoided because you don't know how to bring them up yeah um, or it just results in a fight or an argument because somebody's on the defensive i mean money just it, tension. there's tension there a lot of times yeah. so Um, So, yeah, but just starting to recognize that, starting to learn how to talk about that together. Um, Baby steps are fine, right? This is a process, not an event. It's not going to happen overnight. But just being very intentional about that can really help.
0: Yes. I loved, too, that you talk about like a weekly check-in with one another. And I think that was sort of the catalyst, like the excuse, if you will, to be like, hey, let's talk about money in like maybe a different way than we have before so like I said he was maybe the more secure one in talking about it whereas I was like I didn't even want to have the conversation nice. Um, and so going through the boot camp was it was my excuse to say like well I'm learning these things let's Mm-hmm. let's practice in real time, messy or not. Right? right. Um. And so tell me about the weekly check-in, what, why you think that's so important, why you recommend couples or, you know, single people check in with themselves even yeah. right on what their right. budget and their spending and all of that looks like each, each week.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the weekly check-in is meant to be no more than 15 minutes. It is simply having those conversations and it's going to look different for everybody. Um, But with couples, it's like usually there's one person keeping up with the budget or keeping up with spending or whatever that looks like for you right now. So it's like making sure both of you are aware of where things are at. Um, It might even involve things like meal planning, meal prepping even scheduling kids and their activities and who's going to go where, like it doesn't even necessarily have to be the money, but those things affect the money and the stress yeah. just in your life. So it looks, it can look different every week, but I highly recommend putting it on your calendar for both of you. It's just 15 minutes. So the one that doesn't like to talk about money <laughs> knows that there's an end, like yeah. set a timer if you have to, because you don't want it to be something that you dread. You want it to be something yeah. that you enjoy. Um, and then the one that loves talking about money might want to talk for an hour, but they need to know that it's better to keep it at 15 minutes. Now there is a place for usually once a month to meet for a longer period of time, but just the weekly check-ins in general can really keep you moving. And most of us are so busy that that is just the perfect time to really set aside for that. Yeah. And I love that you say,
0: talk about other things too, because I feel like money is the harder part of the conversation. Sometimes the schedules and the, you know, how's work been and those sorts of things. I think even just from a marriage perspective, it's so healthy to have those check-ins with one another Um, mm-hmm. in all of that. I'm trying to think the other thing that you, um that I really kind of gleaned from our work, your workshop was telling your money where to go. Um this was not something that we've practiced before but I've I've definitely heard the concept you know like via Dave Ramsey or, or someone um where it's like I gave you the example that actually played out beautifully with our family which is um we knew my husband's car was like on its last leg I took your boot camp I ha- we started having these conversations and it became pretty obvious that we needed to start saving for a vehicle for him And just because God's so cool and the way that he works it all out, um, he sort of dropped a new vehicle, a new to us vehicle in our lap uh, right at the time we needed it. And we had the the finances saved by that time to actually be able to buy it straight up with cash and be done with it. And I know it's so great. (laughs) So, so awesome. So there's this also this concept of like telling your money where to go and and we've started doing this also with like cuz I remember you saying this in your in your workshop in regards to the spender like I want to take this nice trip and you you actually talked about how trips have become sort of like a family uh just like a fun thing that you guys do but that you want to be intentional about saving right. towards and and not mm-hmm. feeling like yeah, we want to take this nice trip. And now we're coming home to a bunch of credit card debt and stress. right? Right. Um, Tell us a little bit about tell your money where to go.
1: Yeah, there's so much goodness in all of that. So the first thing I thought about, I think about when I um, think about that, I do I love using biblical principles and teaching biblical finance principles. So Luke 1428 talks about if you're going to build a tower, you want to count the cost beforehand. You want to plan a, essentially plan ahead. Count the cost before you build that tower. So that's essentially what we're called to do with our money um, and being faithful with the little and all of the stewardship principles um, you can think of. We've got to plan ahead. And so the way most people start off managing their money is it's more of a very reactive approach. So instead of telling their money where to go and looking ahead that. There's the income coming in. As that income comes in, let's decide where that money is going to go. Let's divide it out. We've got bills. We've got groceries. We've got gas. We've got all those things. If we know ahead of time where it's going, and plan that before the money hits the bank, then it, it does relieve a lot of that stress. Um, again, it get, helps couples get on the same page. Like all of, all of those things start to fall into place more as you shift from looking back and wondering where the money went. So looking forward and taking that proactive approach instead of reactive approach. Yeah. Um, and then what I love about what you mentioned, especially I see this so often um, when people are faithful with the little and they do start planning ahead for their money that first of all, there's less unexpected because mm-hmm. a lot of the unexpecteds we can, we actually know a lot of them are coming <laughs> Like, for example, you knew the car was getting very close to the end. yeah, um, but we just keep hoping and praying, which I fully believe in. pray for that car to last as long as possible. Um, but we don't actually plan ahead to take care of that when it does happen. So you guys did that. and then God's provision showed up with the car at the exact right price that y'all needed that y'all had saved for. And I see God's provision show up in so many ways. Um, so Philippians 4:19 says, and my God, shall supply all your needs. Um and it's not, it's not always money. In fact, a lot of times it's not money in that way. Mm. Um I've seen a debt forgiven. I had one, this, this is probably my favorite, a couple that we had just I had just started coaching. They were trying to get pregnant. And so one of their savings lines was a an infertility treatment line because they were going to have to start the they were starting the testing. They'd already started testing. Um, we're probably going to do some expensive fertility treatments in the next, in the coming months. So that was a big priority for them. Yeah. Well, I got on one of the sessions with them and I have them divide out planning ahead, right? Their savings. And so one of their savings was for fertility and they had switched their line item that said fertility to, to say I'm pregnant. <laughs> so that was God's provision. I know I, oh, I usually cry when I share it. I'm, I'm holding it together today. But uh, that was just a beautiful display of God's provision. Um, You know, that that had nothing to do with the money, except for the fact that now that turns into a baby supplies fund instead of a try to get pregnant with a baby fund. (laughs) So it was just just so beautiful. Um, Furniture, one of my clients had finally moved out on her own and, you know, for furniture was going to be expensive. And God basically gave her all her furniture from people or marketplace or whatever. I mean, it was like her whole apartment was furnished for free. Like that was so, so cool. And so that's provision just shows up. I mean, it really does. Um, and it, but it I do think we need to learn to recognize that too. Like sometimes we just like, oh, this is awesome. I got blessed with whatever, or, you know, I got this, but when we actually take just a second and think, you know, God did that. Yeah, I think that's just so powerful.
0: Yes. That is so cool. I I love hearing stories like that. (laughs) It's really then about, um, I say this phrase pretty often. It's like work as it depends on you, but praise it depends on God, I think is how that goes. And so it Mm -hmm. is sort of that uh, in reality, right? It's like, do your due diligence, do what Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. And God's going to bless even just your obedience in in that um, moving forward, yes. um, that's so cool. So back to you and hubby, when all this house, dream well, he, house stuff kind of uh came came to a head, yeah. Well, what did you guys learn through that process? And I know you said you're in your forever home now. So what did that <laughs> what did that look like that that process there?
1: Yeah. So it was definitely a transition. It took um. How many years did it take to land from then until, let's see, we sold that house back in 2020. Um, and we just moved into our forever home this summer, this last summer. Thanks. So um, thankfully, God had things in place lining up to make that happen relatively quickly, because that is pretty quickly for you know, houses when it comes to houses. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny. As soon as you say, like when y'all were in your dream home, I just remember I would run, it was a beautiful neighborhood. I would run around the neighborhood. We had a little trail that went around a little, the neighborhood Lake. I just remember running and just like crying out to God. Um, like, what are we supposed to do this month? I want to sell next. Like we were always that opposite places. So it's like, I was ready to sell and be done. And my husband's like, no, let's stick it out a little longer. And then the next month, he would be ready to sell and be done. And then I'd be like, let's stick it out a little bit longer. And so like, we just never kept on the same page with it. And that was a huge part of the tension. And then at one point, finally, we both were like, okay, we're done. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, we've got to sell. And, and part of it was a lot of it was pride. Like we just moved into this really nice house. Um, What are people going to think when we sell it just two years later? Like um, it was it was a lot of pride, um, which which is interesting, too, because we also we didn't know this when we moved in. But we also became embarrassed that we lived in such a nice house and in such a nice neighborhood. Like we didn't want to tell people where we lived except like our closest friends because we would be thought of as the rich people. So, um, and then I joked too, because we lived at the very back of the neighborhood in the smaller houses, <laughs> but, um, like but a, it wasn't fun. Yeah. So, Double-edged uh, sword. yes. Yeah. So we were just complete. I mean, talk about mindset. Like our mm. mindset was crushed in that season because so many mixed emotions and feelings and. Um, not being able to be on the same page with my husband, which we had never experienced before. That was awful. So when we finally sold and we found a really, a much lower priced house and crazy enough, we didn't know this completely when we moved in, but the bills were so much lower, like it was in the city. So, I mean, not only were we saving on the mortgage, but we were saving a ton each month on just the water bill and the electric bill and all that. Like it was a huge like such so much more breathing room. Mm. Um, So we made some sacrifices for that house. It was not our forever home, but it was so perfect for the time that we had it. Um, And then now here we are. God just brought this house on at exactly the right time. And speaking of God's provision. So when we put our other house up for sale, it did not, we put it up for sale when we found this house, like we knew this house is in the school district. It's five minutes from the school that we wanted to be in where my husband teaches. Also, he's oh, a teacher. Cool. Yeah. Um. It's just around the corner from the park. My boys can literally walk to the park together and play. That's awesome. It's just so great. The community area is just so great. Um, all the kids in the area. It's just a per- so perfect. Not just the house, but the, the neighborhood and everything. Um, and so, yeah. So, But what happened was our other house did not sell. So here's another lesson. And here's where a lot of this recognizing God's provision comes in. We listed that house back in May. Um, We closed on this house in July and the other house still hadn't sold. And then we had it under contract. The contract fell through. We had it under contract again. The contract fell through. We had it under contract again. Finally, it just closed in January. This is recorded in February. It just closed at the end of January. Wow. So I have never been more like trusting that I'm like, God, I know this was for us. I know this provision was for us. And let me tell you, my human math, my best ninja budgeting skills (laughs) could not have made it work for seven months to afford both these houses. But he showed up. God math showed up. It just it it just stretched um, more than we could ever ask or imagine. Like all the things just come to mind. So grateful. Um I had so much faith that it was going to be fine. I should have been stressed out to the max looking at our budget, but I yeah. was just like, okay God, you're going to take care of this. I know that you're going to take care of this. Um we had we prayed in that other house. Just walked through, prayed along all the walls and everything. Um and I just feel so confident that God got the right family in there. Um and just pray that he blesses them. And it's just so beautiful to recognize right. and to know even when in your when you're in a hard place and even when the numbers don't make sense, um and it feels like you don't, you're not going to have enough. I'm not going to say you don't have enough because God shows up. And um, I've seen it time and time again. Mm. But when it feels like you don't have enough, he provides. And his provision is so much better than worldly provision.
0: Yes. As you're saying all of that, it makes me think two things. One is how much emotion and uh, actually comes with money. Right. There's mm-hmm. so much emotion and kind of pressure. It's it feels yes. very loaded, right? Yes. But then on the flip side of that, as all things in this world that test our faith,
1: it's really mm-hmm. about
0: faith. It's really at the end of the day, how much do you trust God to be your provider?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how much are you trusting yourself to be your provider? Right. So uh-huh. You know, the deeper conversation is really about surrender and humility and, you know, and trust. Right. And so I love that you always sort of bring it back through the lens of the Bible and what God is calling us to and how He's calling us higher and not to live just the way that the world lives. I mean, it's so easy, I think now, probably more than ever, to throw it on a credit card or open another credit card, or refinance so you can use this money to, you know, and there's nothing wrong with leverage um, and investing and things like that. I think we're actually called to do to invest and to do those things that are just wise with our money. I think the Bible's very clear about that. But I think in today's day and age, um, we've sort of lost the concept completely of Saving—we've <laughs> lost the concept completely of just, especially I think as Christians, we do look like the world a lot in this way, versus mm-hmm. relying wholly on Christ to provide for us. And yeah. of course, that looks different for everyone. You know, some people—they work very hard. They maybe they came from money. Maybe you know, money isn't inherently bad, and maybe that's another you know thing we can touch on here because um, I think with the mindset you know, back to the mindset conversation, I think those of us that did grow up in lack or with less do, I think subconsciously, I don't think most people do it consciously, but maybe subconsciously think like earning a lot of money, like that makes you materialistic or there's these like negative terms that we throw onto that. Whereas, you know, I've sort of come to learn over the last couple of years in really trying to, uh, have a new mindset around this is that I, I actually believe God wants to financially bless his children in a way that we can then further the kingdom here on earth with those funds. And so even in that, my mindset has shifted from like, it's better to be poor, right? Like, I feel like maybe that's a concept. Mm-hmm. Those of us that grew up in church, uh, yeah. maybe believe, um, to know I would love God to bless me and my family so abundantly that we can be incredibly generous like I would love when like I said I'm a bleeding heart earlier Mm -hmm. so when the you know the thing comes in the mail that's like give to this charity or that charity like I want to say yes and I want to say yes in a way that is you know kind of radical. Like, I would love to be the girl that's like, I'm writing the $10,000 check to yes, this organization amen. or whatever, right? Yes. And so, again, kind of back to um relying on God as your provider.
1: Mm-hmm. There
0: is a, it's not just a, how are we going to pay the bills? And now we're communicating better. Like, mm-hmm. it's actually so much deeper and so much more kind of life-changing when you can wrap your brain around, um one, the idea that he wants to bless you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think also just the humility that comes with saying, you know, I may work 40 hours a week, but I'm not the provider,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yes. Thoughts yeah. on that? That is beautiful. Oh, where do I even start? <laughs> it gave you a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think especially, yeah, first of all, money is a resource, right? Yeah. Um, it does come from the father and yes, he gives us talents, abilities, skills, all those things to go and work, um, and earn that and earn the income, which is generally how he provides, right? Every, every paycheck we get a, an income and that's definitely God's provision. So recognizing that yeah, as well. Um, And I and I think what you keep saying, what comes to my mind is when we do our part, God does his so or even like, and we get to do that out of delight, we get to obey out of delight, not for the sake of obedience and the sake of checking off the boxes like it is it is a joy to obey the Lord Mm -hmm. and to see what he does with our obedience um, rather than trying to see how close to the lot like if we we just give 10% or maybe not even 10%, maybe we just, you know, we just give 5%, um, where, you know, is that okay? Like, like, like that's what we want to That's what we want to ask in our flesh, right? right. Is yes. it okay if I we'll just give 5%? Do I really need to give a full 10% tithe? Cause tithe, um, actually means a 10th part. So it actually means 10%. You can give 5%, but you can't actually tithe, um, 5%. So, Good point yes, just yeah, yeah. So, but either way, giving is great, right? And no matter what you feel like you can give, start somewhere. Um, but how cool would it be instead to ask God, like, how much more than 10% are you calling me to give? So, I just think, yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm. And, um, yeah, we actually, so our small group leaders are amazing. God has blessed them with uh, quite a few resources and they are the most generous people ever. Um and it's been such a beautiful thing to be a part. We've just met them this semester at church. Um we go to a pretty big church and so it's been so cool to just see their generosity and um yeah, it's just a, and knowing that they're not just giving out of debt or out, you know, like they're not putting it all on a credit card and hoping that they can pay the bill. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's from a place of um, our father gives good, good gifts, right? He is a good, he is a good father and he gives good gifts. And so he has blessed them. And then they are just a- able to abundantly give out of the resources that he's blessed them with. And I think that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate place I want to be at. Um, maybe on a smaller scale <laughs> than what yeah. they're able to do, but, uh, but still just yeah, just so so cool to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, well, and I love to. So we'll kind of, I'll wrap this up, but I'd love for you to talk about one your boot camp and your your group and yeah. some of the things that you do in there, and then also I know that you have budget like coaching, right, and like resources for people who are like, okay, this all sounds great like i'm I feel convicted right and 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 hear me when I say this, like in Christ, there's no condemnation, so this isn't to condemn you for using credit cards. this isn't to condemn you for having debt. this isn't condemn you for living in your dream house right and and knowing that oh, we're feeling the crunch right now, right? There's no condemnation here in no. this conversation, but maybe there's something stirring that you're saying like my husband and I really need to start having these conversations or I need to change my mindset uh, about money. Maybe there's, you know, maybe you need more like the practical tool, like give me a budget. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Heather's your girl. And I'm going to let her tell you <laughs> how she kind of addresses
1: yeah. all of those. Thank things. you. Yeah. That's, that's what I love. Um, so I do host the budget mastery bootcamp in my Facebook group. And I'm probably going to run it about once a year. So we're still a few months out for this year. Um, But that Facebook group is created for more biblical budgeting and financial stewardship community. Um, And I do free training in there usually once a month. So this training this month is the fast track to debt payoff and knowing the five biblical keys to accelerate your debt payoff. So that's going to be a fun one. Um, and then last month, I did the No More Disappearing Money Challenge. So if you feel like your money just disappears, super simple, no budgeting way to start figuring out why your money is disappearing. Nice. <laughs> um, it's just a couple minutes a day. So you can, you can see that replay as well right now. Those will stay in there just as free trainings. Um, but yes, as far as coaching, I have a couple of options now. I do one-on-one coaching, which for couples, this is really the way to go because um, I can really help. It, I can help you faster. I can help you budget successfully. I can help you have those conversations. It's basically an intense, somewhat intense four month course to really like bridge the gap in the found financial foundations that we just don't learn as adults and then how it applies to your unique situation. So it's very customized to where you are now and where you want to go, um, especially from a place of getting out of debt becoming financially free, going after the goals that years and decades later, you're like, we still don't have enough retirement, or we still don't, we're still not debt free or yeah. whatever that may be. Everybody has a little bit different goals. We still, we just still don't own a home. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people um, find you make good money, but you still don't have whatever it is. You just need to learn to manage that better and get on the same page with your spouse. So that is the financial foundations accelerator program. Um, and then I also have a group program for ladies that is financial freedom god 's way, and that is more for really just learning the basics but also learning more about your freedom in christ mm. and so along alongside learning about your freedom in Christ, who you are in him, not who the world said, the world who has probably said you are all of these negative things over the years, um, alongside the very basics of learning how to manage your money, get your bills in order, budget simply. We don't go into an all out budget in that. So it's very much geared toward those who are really wanting to simplify things and don't want an intense, um, an intense coaching program, but you just learn to simplify that, get your finances in order and become truly financially free God's way. So
0: awesome. Well, I love it. Like I said, probably 10 times already. It was a life changer. You guys literally a game changer not only for our finances, but I think for our marriage too, um, because they are so deeply intertwined with one another. And so um, I'm thankful that you put on the boot camp so that I could be a part of that and grow in that way. And I will link her um, group in the show notes. So you guys can just look down here uh, on the video and uh, that'll be a quick link. You can literally just click it join the group. She's always sharing really good tips and tricks and stories and um, just good stuff in there that will encourage you to keep going on this journey because it, like she said, it's not an overnight, you know, one and done. Unfortunately, that's just not how life works, right? Um, and so it's its something, uh, it's, a, it's a place for you to be where you're always going to be sort of learning and growing um in your financial literacy and in and really my favorite part of it is through the lens of of God and how he sees us as his children. So, um it's so much deeper than just money and I think money, you know, God talks about it in the Bible that, you know, where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. And so, where does your money go? I love that you even brought up the like where's my missing money, right? Like it's disappearing, mm-hmm. where is it going? You looking at your, you know, statements looking at your receipts like that's chick-fil-a was my heart there for a minute right like (laughs) that's where i was putting my treasure you guys and then you realize like um do we need to spend 90 dollars a month at chick-fil-a no we probably don't so you know like these little seemingly small things um Mm -hmm. it adds up right and then once you can kind of see it in black and white and understand really our father's heart, uh, for, for our finances. Um, it is, it's just a beautiful shift that I I know you can make, um, if you desire to. So Heather, thank you so much for being here today. This was a fun conversation, not nearly as scary as you guys probably thought it was going to be. Um, but join Heather and her group. You will glean so much wisdom from her. Um, in this area. And again, thanks, Heather, for being here. Really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you. Same to you. I appreciate you having me and I hope this was a blessing and will encourage women and marriages Yeah. Um, for whoever listens. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next
0: episode. Have a good one. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode, and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.